You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Our big prayer is this, in Austin as it is in heaven. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Well, it's good to be with you today. If I uh, haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jake, and uh, I'm really happy to uh, uh, get to preach from this message, this passage today. I'm really excited about it. But before we get into it, let me just welcome all the college students again. Longhorns, we're so glad that you're with us. We're really excited to have you joining us. Um, we uh, we want you to know that like the reason we well, one of the reasons we started Midtown Church nine years ago. Uh, here in Central Austin, next to campus, is because we desire to help students uh, experience and, and know uh, the love of God. And so we desire for you to, to know Jesus, and, and we also expi- desire for you to, to form great friendships and, uh, and actually also form good mentor relationships, if that's something you're interested in, with older adults and be able to be discipled and helped along in your collegiate years and beyond. And so those are things that we really desire for you and we want for you. And the other thing we, we wanted to do by planting Midtown near campus is, because, is that we wanted to have a chance to partner with you, uh, college students, and really to partner with all, all those living in Central Austin that are seeking to follow Jesus to aim for one big thing, and that is to see Austin become more like heaven. See, we have a big prayer that really drives our church family. And that prayer is for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done in Austin as it is in heaven. And we, uh, we want that to happen because when God's kingdom comes and his will is done, it's like heaven breaks in to earth. And, and when that happens, you, people are filled with peace and love and joy that's only found in, in the presence of God. And, and relationships are healed and they're made whole and, and healthy and communities are unified. And the last are made first and the lonely are set in families and broken people and broken systems are made right. Like that's what we want for our city, and it all comes when people know God, and then God uh, breaks in to, to Austin. So we say, man, well, that's what we're aiming for in Austin as it is in heaven. And we invite you students to partner with us to see that happen. Many you think, okay, how do you do that? Well, how do we partner with God to see Austin become more like heaven? Well, there's two ways. One way that we do this is really first and foremost is that we pray. Just as Jesus taught us to pray, because only God can fully bring his kingdom in full. And so it's like, God, will you do this? And then the second thing that we do is we uh, seek to uh, practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. As Barry was talking about, as Chris was talking about, like that really is a big deal. Those aren't just words on, on a banner or, or whatever. Like this is what we are aiming to do because here's what we know. Austin will become more like heaven as we become more like Jesus. And so we seek to help each other practice the way of Jesus together here in Austin. And uh, that's also why we're in this sermon series, (laughs) our fall uh, sermon series that we began last week, talking about how we change, specifically how we can become more like Jesus, because uh, this is what 
God wants for us. As we saw last week, this is what Jesus is aiming to do in the lives of anyone who's his follower. He's, he's aiming to help us become like him. Like think about Romans 8, 29, which says that uh, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to what? For what purpose? To be conformed to the image of his son. Like this is what God is seeking to do for any that it follows him, any that he's called. He's seeking to make us become like his son, like Jesus, which means that God has a much bigger and much grander vision for your life than just to get you into a church service or just to get you from uh, get you to avoid certain sins, right? Or, to, or even to get you into heaven. No, no, see, God is after getting you to become your true self, who you were really created to be when God thought you up and he made you, the person that you were designed to be, the person who reflects and represents the very character of Jesus. That he, he, he made you to be his image bearer that reflects him, that reflects the character and the actions of God the Son, of Jesus Christ. And that's, as I said last week, that's, that's someone, just to kind of give you a picture of that, like, like that, that's someone who uh, you know, loves their enemies instead of hates them. That, that's someone who shows compassion instead of being quick to judge. See, that's someone who trusts the Father, and so it doesn't worry when things get tough, but, but is instead is, is able to be at peace. See, that, that's someone who uh, is full of joy, instead of uh, bitterness, and full of hope instead of despair, and full of steadfast love for their neighbor and their God instead of being so prone to live for yourself. And like, I don't know about you, but like, that's the kind of person I want to be. <laughs> like I said last week, I know for sure that that's the kind of person that my wife and my kids <laughs> want me to be. And, and my guess is that's the kind of person that you want to be as well. Well, friends, that's what Jesus is like. Like, that's what he's like. And he wants to help you become like him. That he came to heal us. Remember, he, he didn't come uh, for the healthy, but for the sick. He came to give us life, to give us life to the full. He came to make us like him. And so that's what we're talking about in this series. But in light of that, we have to come to the question, which is, okay, if that's what Jesus is after, and this is what he's come to do, uh, um, that's great. But is it even possible, right? Like, can, can we really become like Jesus? Can we really be transformed? Can we really change to that degree? Like, it's an it's a understandable question. Like, how is this even possible? Is it possible? And if so, how is it even possible? Well, that's what we're getting into in this series, and that's what we're going to start talking about today. How can we actually change to that degree? And to answer that question, we're going to be in the passage that Rachel read for us a second ago, John chapter 15. So if you want, go there, and we're going to look at how Jesus tells us we can actually become like him. Now, as you go to John 15, let me give you a little context for this passage. Um, First of all, it's helpful to know that 
What Jesus says here, he's saying the night that he is going to be betrayed and handed over, arrested, all right? And, which means, it's, this is the night before he's going to be crucified. Like that, that timing, just kind of keep that in mind. The other, the other thing that's helpful to know as far as context goes is that Jesus is saying this to his disciples, and to, to those that he, that he is actually training to become like him. See, a, a disciple wasn't just a term used to categorize this few people that followed Jesus. A disciple was a, was a, a, a common word uh, that um, was, uh, is the Greek word uh, mathematis. Mathematis. And it could be translated as disciple, of course, or as student, or as a, an apprentice. See, for a mathematics was someone who trained under a rabbi for one big purpose, and that was to become like the rabbi so that they could do all that the, ra- the rabbi did. So that was the whole goal of a mathematics. And so in, in John 15, Jesus is talking to his not yet fully trained mathematics his disciples, his apprentices. And what he's going to do is he's going to tell them how or what needs to happen in order for them to continue to grow, to become like him. Okay? So with that context, let's look at this again. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit... He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, quick time out. You see a word that keeps popping up here? The word remain. Right? Pay attention to that word. That's the Greek word minnow, and it can be translated remain or abide. It was the word abide in the translation that Rachel was reading from earlier. And that, that word uh, remain or abide, the idea of it is just to stay with or to stay connected with or to stay in the presence of or simply put to be with. Okay, So Jesus is harping on that word. It's a key word. It's essential, as we'll see for how we can become like him. But let's keep reading. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me or apart from being with me, you can do nothing, which is like Jesus thinks. This is a great vote of confidence. But when he says you can do nothing, he's talking about something specific. I'll get to it in a second. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples, my mathematics, my apprentices, my students, the people I'm training to become like me. Now, given that understanding that that's who he's talking to, he said, the way that people are going to know that you're my disciples, the way you're going to show that you're my disciples, that you're my apprentices, is by bearing much fruit, then what is the fruit here? Like, is it just doing some good stuff, or is it more specific? It's more specific that Jesus here, when he's talking about fruit, he's specifically talking about his character and his actions. 
See, that's why he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. What he means by that is, by apart from me, you cannot be like me. You're not going to have, reflect my character and my actions just like I do. You're, you're not gonna, people aren't going to know you're my disciples, you're not my apprentices, because you're not going to be looking like me and acting like me. But if you bear, if you remain in me, if you are in my presence, if you are with me, if you are connected to me, then, like a vine and a branch, I'm going to, my life is just going to go move through you and it's going to produce fruit in you. My character, my actions will be seen and therefore people will say, hey, that, that person is just look, looks just like their rabbi, like, just like Jesus because their character and their fruit, their, their, their actions is, is seen, it's evident. And it, and Jesus makes this point really strongly right. I mean, you repeat the same word eight times, which is what he does here, the word minnow, eight times. Remain, 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 remain. Like he's trying to drive something home. How do we become like Jesus? How do we see his character and his actions produced through us? It's by remaining with him. It's by being with him. To put it simply, that's what has to happen. But if you do that, he says, you will bear fruit. You will become like me. It's like a vine and a branch. You ever go to a vineyard and you see a branch laying down by the, on, the, on, the, on the ground, disconnected from all the rest, but it's trying real hard to produce a grape, and like, there it is. Like, no, that doesn't happen. The branch apart from the vineyard, from the vine, it's just dead. <laughs> but... The branch that's connected to the vine. It's not trying real hard to become, you know, to produce a, a grape. It's just, it's just letting the vine life flow through it and produce the fruit. Jesus is like, hey, you want to become more patient? You want to be more full of love? You want to have peace? You don't just try real hard by yourself. It's not going to happen. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Just stay with me. Be with me. Remain in the vine, and it will happen. My life will be produced in you. This is what happens, friends, when we are with Jesus. By being with him, we become like him. And that's a simple idea, right? I mean, we all know to some extent that you become like the people that you're with, right? I mean, like, <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing, but like when in middle school, when I, I listened to country music, which I find embarrassing now, but, uh, I, but my friends listened to rap music, and I didn't. So, but I started hanging out with these friends. They listened to rap, so I started listening to rap. And, and specifically, and this is going to date me big time, but the awesome rap group of that day was Crisscross. Cross, you know, you know makes you want to jump. And so uh, the crisscross. Cross, I don't know if you know this, but they were kind of famous for wearing their clothes backwards. And so my friends listened to crisscross. They decided to start wearing their clothes backwards. I'm with my friends, so I embarrassingly started to wear my clothes backwards for a period of time. Why? Because you become like the people that you're with. Jesus says, hey, you want to become like me? Be with me. Remain in me. That's how it's going to happen. We become like Jesus by being with Jesus. Hits it hard here. And then a few 
uh, a few minutes later, perhaps. I don't know how it all flows that night in the conversation, but a few verses later in, uh, in the book of John, Jesus says something that is like the last thing that you would expect for him to say, given how he just has been harping on be with me, remain with me, remain with me. That's how you become like me. You know what he starts talking about next? And literally, the last thing you expect him to start talking about. He starts talking about how he's leaving. Like, seriously. Like, he's like, okay, it's so important that you be with me if you want to become like me. And that, but I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And then he even says something more crazy. He says, I'm out of here. But that's a good thing. So look, look, in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says this. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. And then he says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And like, if I'm one of Jesus' disciples and I'm here for this whole conversation, I'm thinking, what? 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 But Jesus, you just said, but now you're saying, like, what? This doesn't make any sense. But Jesus, he, he knew this was the night that he was going to be betrayed. And he was going to be arrested. He knew the next day he was going to be crucified. He knew that after he was crucified, he was going to rise again. And then after a short period of time, about 40 days, he would go back to the Father and be at the right hand of the Father. See, Jesus knew that he was leaving. And so he starts talking about that. But it's weird to me that of all the times in his ministry, he chooses this night to harp on the importance of being with him in order for his apprentices to continue to become like him. Why pick this moment to have that conversation? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because Jesus knew that the advocate, which is another way to speak of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was going to be the one who's going to make it possible for his disciples then and his disciples now to be able to remain with Jesus at all times. See, this statement that Jesus makes in John chapter 16, verse 17 was not a throwaway statement. It was something that he had been talking to them about already during that night. If you read John 14, 15 and 16, those three chapters, what you see is that John 15, where he's saying, remain, 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 he sandwiches that between John 14 and John 16, where he talks about how he's leaving and how the Spirit is coming. And he says, that's a good thing. Like, let me just read you another verse. John chapter 14, verse 16, 17 says this. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you And hear this, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, guys, here's why this matters to us. It's because if the only way to become like Jesus is by being with him, then we're in trouble. Because Jesus lived 2,000 years ago halfway across the world. But if the Spirit comes and lives in us, to use, to use Jesus' terms here, then that makes it possible for us in Austin, Texas in 2022 
to be with Jesus. See, this is why Jesus says it's a good thing that I'm going away, because then the advocate will come, the spirit will come, and he will be with you forever. He'll be with you, and he will live in you. For anyone who puts their trust in Jesus as their Savior, we're promised that the Spirit of God comes to live with you. And you have the Spirit, and the Spirit makes it possible for you to be with Jesus. Now, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit, and I don't have time to do a whole teaching here, but let me, let me just give you the best uh, description of the Spirit that I've ever heard, and that is that the, that the Advocate or the Spirit is the empowering presence of God. The Spirit is the empowering presence of God. See, the Spirit is not an it, and it's not a force. The Spirit is a he, as Jesus uh, says here in this passage. And he is a person, the third person of the Trinity. And amazingly, as I said, when you trust in Jesus, he comes to live with you and in you. To the point that uh, your body becomes, in the language of the New Testament, a temple of the Holy Spirit, where it's like you have heaven and earth meeting together in your own body. And what that does, what the Spirit enables and empowers us to do, is to remain in the presence of God at all times so that we can become more like Jesus. So the Spirit enables and empowers us to remain in the presence of God at all times, remaining in the vine so that Jesus' life can be produced in you and in me. See, this is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we're told that we are being transformed into Jesus' image, becoming like Jesus, in every increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Like the Spirit is the one doing that work. For as Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance or patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Or put another way, that the fruit of the Spirit is the life and the character of Jesus being produced in us. Uh, Gordon Fee, who's one of the top uh, Pentecostal scholars of the world has this to say about that 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 verse. He says, oh, Through Christ and by the Spirit, we are being transformed so as to bear the likeness for which we were intended at the beginning, like our true selves. See, one takes the Spirit lightly at great risk. For herein, herein lies the glory that by the Spirit we not only come to know God, but come to live in His presence in such a way as costly to be renewed in God's image. I love that. Okay, so this is a lot, but let me, let me just take a minute here and, and, and kind of sum this up. Two big ideas that I don't want you to miss. The first is this. To be, the way to become like Jesus is being with Jesus. You got that? The way to become like Jesus is being with Jesus. You will not become like Jesus apart from him. The way to become like Jesus is being with Jesus. And the second big idea is this. The way we can be with Jesus now is through the Spirit. The Spirit makes that possible for us. So, 
means is if you want to become like Jesus, then your primary goal should be to learn how to live in a constant state of awareness and connection to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. If you want to become like Jesus, then that means that you need to learn how to live in a constant state of awareness and connection to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. But how do you do that? Anyone feel like, you're like oh yeah, I'm nailing that. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jake, you know. Is that how you feel? Like, I, I think, I read that, I think, man, okay, how, but how, Jesus, how do you do that practically? Like, what, this is, like, really spiritually abstract to me. Like, I don't even know really what you're talking about. Like, if I was one of Jesus' disciples that day, or if I was there, I would have inter- interrupted Jesus, which I th- is probably a sin, okay, you know? But I would have been like, forgive me, Jesus, but you're saying it's really important to remain in you, and then you're saying you're leaving, and you're saying that's a good thing because the Spirit's coming, because the Spirit's going to allow me to remain in you, but like, uh, what? I don't don't have any idea what that looks like. What are you talking about? But you know what I think is really interesting? Is that the uh, disciples, they didn't ask Jesus that question. You read through this, they, there's no point where, no, no place where they're like, hey, Jesus, can you explain that a little bit more for us? And, and here's the thing it's not because Jesus' disciples were some like spiritual sages. You, you read through the Gospels, they're pretty dense most of the time. You know, it's like, okay, well, like, did, did y'all get this? What? But they don't interrupt him, they don't ask him to explain himself more. He doesn't, he don't say, like, Jesus, how do you actually remain in the presence of God through the Spirit? They don't ask him. I think I know why. I think it's because uh, they had just watched Jesus do it for three years. They had just seen how Jesus remained in the presence of the Father through the Spirit for the last three years. And so they had observed it. They've caught it. They've, they learned it from their rabbi. So they, they didn't ask. You see... Um, Even though Jesus is God, and he is 100%, he he became a man, 100%, and, you know, have have fun figuring out the math on that, but hypostatic union, it's it's, it's a great mystery, but it's it's what we're told, it's who Jesus was, and that when Jesus being, you know, fully God, as Philippians 2 says, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but emptied himself, being found... In the image of a man, like a human likeness, a servant. Like this is what God, this is what Jesus is. And as a man, Jesus uh, showed us how any of us, men and women, how any of us can stay in constant awareness and connection to the Spirit to live in the presence of God at all times. It's, he showed us by his lifestyle, by how he lived. Uh, see, um, most, of us, most of what we know about Jesus comes to us through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And essentially, the Gospels are biographies because uh, they, they, they include all these details of Jesus' life. They're, they're not just uh, books that tell us about Jesus' greatest hits of his teachings or his miracles. They, they, they tell us all about Jesus' life, including mundane details, things like, you know, one morning Jesus got up early and went out to a solitary place to pray. 
or things like, when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue. Now, why include those kind of details? Well, here's why. It's so you and I can learn from the way, from Jesus' way of life, from his lifestyle, just like his first disciples did. And this is incredibly helpful because it is through Jesus' way of life that he shows us how to remain in the presence of God through the Spirit. And so if you just read the four Gospels, you begin to notice different aspects of Jesus' lifestyle, like how he was unhurried. Barry was talking about that earlier. And how he spent a lot of time in community. And yet how he also spent a lot of time alone with the Father. And how he would get up early to pray, or he'd go overnight on like a prayer retreat. And, and, and how each week Jesus would Sabbath, and he would set aside an entire day once a week to rest and to worship in the synagogue. Like we get all of these things, and, and, and we're told all about this. And here's the thing. Jesus was full of love and joy and peace. And, and don't just like explain that away by saying, well, of course he was. He, he was God. Yes, he is God. But he is also Jesus of Nazareth. He was a man. And he, he lived in the same world we live in. And he experienced the things that we experience. And you could, you could actually argue he, he actually had a little bit of a harder time than you and I are having. I mean, you could just, you could just argue that because, you know, he was a... Uh, homeless, and uh, there was no AC. I, I, I was just never like, and then of course you know the whole deal of like him being crucified. And you just argue that like, he had a harder time than us, and yet he was still full of love and joy and peace. I just the idea that Jesus is full of peace is amazing to me. Like, uh, like being full of peace is like the last way that I would. Uh, I, would, I think that any of us uh, would describe ourselves. Like, at peace? Like, is that what you say? I, that's how I am most of the time? No. And yet, uh, that's how Jesus was. I look at Jesus and think, man, I want to be like you. And I want your peace. I, wanna, I wish I was at peace uh, 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 even in the hardest of circumstances. Like, how, how do you do that, Jesus? How do I become... Like you, he says, friends, he says, well, let me tell you, it, 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 it's, it's not easy, but it, it's simple. Uh, the way that you become like me is by being with me. And the way you can become, the way that you can be with me is through the Spirit. And by my lifestyle, I've taught you how to be with the Spirit, then you can be in the presence of God at all times through the Spirit. And so learn from my lifestyle. Copy my life. That when I invite you, come and follow me. I, I'm not talking abstractly. I'm saying do the things that I did. Do the things that I do because by my life, I'm teaching you how to remain in the vine. I'm teaching you how to be in constant awareness of the presence of God through the Spirit. So come on, follow me.
copy my lifestyle. You'll learn how to abide in me through the Spirit, and then you'll become like me. See, uh, to quote uh, the pastor and author John Mark Comer, he says, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, then you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Now, okay, we want to be real clear here, and I don't want you to mishear me. When I say the life of Jesus, I am not talking about eternal life in the sense of forgiveness of your sins and being reconciled to God. The way that that happens is simply through faith alone and God's grace alone. This is what Jesus has done for us, and your belief in that is what makes you reconciled to God. It's where you get eternal life. Absolutely. However, but when it comes to seeing Jesus' life being produced in you, your character, where you're becoming more loving, more joy-filled, more full of peace like Jesus, that happens as you remain in the vine and let the Spirit produce Jesus' life in you. And the way you learn how to remain in the vine practically is you copy Jesus' lifestyle. That's where it comes from. You have to take up what he did so that you are abiding in the vine that Jesus' life can be produced in you, making you like him. Does that uh, follow me there? That's different. It's a difference between the used theological terms. It's a difference between justification and sanctification. Sanctification is be- being made into the image of Christ. And that happens as we abide in the vine through the Spirit, and we learn how to do that by following Jesus' lifestyle. We become like Jesus by adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. See, last week I talked about um, how I wanted to become like Michael Jordan when I was in middle school. And um, so this is another fitting Michael Jordan illustration. Because whenever I was uh, in sixth grade, I watched the uh, documentary, Come Fly With Me, classic Michael Jordan documentary. And it was, and in that, in that uh, documentary, it starts ta- uh, with Jesus's, not Jesus's, <laughs> Michael Jordan's. Sometimes people get them confused. Uh, Larry Bird did, if you know that reference. Uh, but um, the, uh, it starts with Michael Jordan's lifestyle, or his uh, childhood, all the things that he did growing up, and including the time that he got cut from the varsity team, and then what he would do to try to make the team, and, and eventually all the stuff that he did to become the best basketball player of all time. Still better than LeBron James. And so... Um, the uh, and so I watched this documentary, and what I what I was like, I want to be like Mike. And so you know what I began doing? I began doing the things that Michael Jordan did. Like I watched this. Okay, Michael Jordan did this, and he did some crazy stuff. He did some weird stuff. Like it's, he's famous for uh, going to the monkey bars and hanging upside down in order to try to grow taller. But yeah, it's dumb. But I did that. I was like, Jordan did it, so I, and I really did. I went to the monkey bars, and I'd hang upside down in order to try to get taller. And then Michael Jordan, he brought his basketball with him wherever he went. So I started bringing my basketball with me wherever I went. And, you know, he, he of course, practiced a ton. And so I began practicing a ton for a little while. And then it, 
then it grew tiresome, and I quit. And that's why I'm not in the NBA today. I'm sure that's the only reason I'm not in the NBA today. But here's the point. As a 12-year-old, I got it. It just made sense. If I want to be like Mike, I better do the things that Michael Jordan did. Friends, if you want to become like Jesus, then you start doing the things that Jesus did. Because here's why. is because Jesus, by his lifestyle, taught us how to remain in the presence of God all the time through the Spirit. And that's what makes us like God. It's not trying harder apart from God. It's by remaining in the presence of God at all times through the Spirit. And Jesus' lifestyle teaches us how to do that practically. He says, if you want to be like me, you gotta, you got to be with me. You want to learn how to be with God at all times? Follow my lifestyle because that's what I teach you. See, the Jesus' lifestyle, his habits and his rhythms, we refer to them as the practices of Jesus. That's what we talk about when we say we want to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. We, we take the practices of Jesus and we say, okay, those are the things we're going to help each other do here to become like Jesus through the Holy Spirit's power. There are things like uh, you know, silence and solitude, things like Sabbath, things like meditating on the Word. There are things like serving and being in community. And during this series, friends, as we continue on, we're going to dive deep into those things and see how they do help us practice by practicing the way Jesus become like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really, really excited about it. I hope that you will join us for the rest of this series because it gets practical and it gets helpful and we can do this together. It's going to be so good. But for now, I'm going to wrap up and I want to wrap up by, by saying that, um, by just basically giving you a, uh, two invitations. And based off all this stuff that we just covered, I, I would say uh, to get practical this week, if you want to begin being with Jesus through the Spirit, here's a practice of Jesus' that you could begin. First, first invitation is this, to begin the practice of silence and solitude. That just like, and, and you can start slow, like maybe just take 10 minutes. That would be my encouragement. That each day this week, you would take 10 minutes, just carve it out. You can start, start a timer, you know. It's not like, that's really a good thing to help you with this practice. This is something that Jesus did regularly. He would get off by himself and just spend time with the Father. And here I would say, why don't you take 10 minutes to just get alone, no distractions, just, just you and Jesus and that through the communion that you have because of the Holy Spirit, you just say, okay, Jesus, um, I'm here and you're here. Remind me of your presence. Remind me of who you are. Uh, help me think about how you've loved me. Just, just sit there and think about those things. Listen to it for his voice. If you want, you can open up the word, but you don't have to in this sense. Like you, you just, you're just sitting with Jesus. Talk to him about your day ahead. Tell him how you're feeling. Just be with him. Just practice being in the presence of Jesus, by being with him. That's essential if you're going to become like him. That's my invitation to you this week. Take that practice, 10 minutes each day. See what happens. 
That's my first invitation. My second invitation to y'all in light of this is to just want to reiterate what Barry was talking about earlier. I really want to invite you to join an MC because our Midtown communities are where we're going to practice the way of Jesus together. And this year we're doing something new in our MCs I'm so excited about. We're going to take different practices of Jesus and a different, three different times this year we're going to take a practice of Jesus and we're going to dive down deep into it together and we're going to begin practicing that, hopefully helping each other form a habit of putting the practices of Jesus in our lives and using uh, one another to help us do that. It's gonna, man, it's going to be so good. This is the perfect time to get into an MC because uh, they're all beginning right now. And so I really want to encourage you to take that step. It will help you. But here, for now, you walk away from this. Here's what I want you ringing in your ears. You want to become like Jesus? Great. It's possible. Jesus came to make that possible. The way that it happens is by being with Jesus. And the way that, that we can be with Jesus is through the Spirit. And the way that we learn how to remain in the presence of Jesus is by adopting the lifestyle of Jesus where he showed us how to do it. And so, friends, if Austin's going to become more like heaven, we need to become more like Jesus. And because of Jesus, that's possible. And it's for your good and really the good of everyone around you. And so I want to invite you. Come on. Let's become like Jesus together. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We invite you to practice the way of Jesus in Austin with us because as we become more like Jesus, Austin will become more like heaven.